Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to Successfully Funded. Here we go. All right, folks, how we doing? Hope everybody's having a good time today, whether you're listening to this in the morning or at night, uh, on your drive to work, or if you are... uh, you know, riding a train, whatever it is. I hope everybody is doing well. So our podcast is called Successfully Funded. And what we do here is we talk to project creators who are running Kickstarter Indiegogo campaigns that have already funded. And we talk to them and we de- deconstruct how they got to this point, where they started, where the idea came from, uh, the tips and techniques they used to get to this point, And then obviously what the future holds, uh, knowing that they funded. So on this episode, we've got... Um, a really cool Kickstarter uh, called the Woody Hub, and they are making you rethink power strips. And it was a really good conversation with one of their creators. Uh, uh, his name was uh, John uh, Ruerman. And we had a real good conversation on Skype, even though Skype was not working very well at this day. And you guys will hear that in the interview. When, uh, I believe we had three times we had airs. Um, but the interview was awesome. And, and what was kind of, what was so intriguing about it to us was, the fact that a power strip is something I, again, have never thought of besides throwing it behind a bookshelf, your TV, computer desk, mount it under it. Um, and these guys have, have completely thought outside of the box when it comes to the power strip. So we're going to get to that interview here in a little bit. So it's Thursday afternoon, and I'm sitting down here to record this. And obviously, I pre-taped these um, you know, the, the sort of intros to our podcast, uh, myself or either Sean or Paul will do them once in a while. And, um, you know, something I tried yesterday, I saw this video on Facebook and it, you've probably seen it. It's, you know, got, you know, it's one of those viral videos with 3 million or 300 million views, whatever, some gigantic number that nobody can, can really, uh, nobody really understands. But the video was, uh, uh, creating these infused water drinks um, with fruit and cinnamon sticks and so on and so forth to, uh, to enhance or do certain things to your health. And I've been watching this video. I saved it to my Facebook roll. Um, and I decided to put this in play. And the reason I decided to put this in play was, uh, you know, I, we drink a lot of liquids around my house here with my family, my kids and stuff. And I would, I'm always trying to get it to water, you know, more water, less juice, less iced tea, um, we don't drink much milk here because we're vegetarians, but um, uh, so I thought this would be a really interesting thing to try. So yesterday, I went out to the store and I picked up a bunch of cucumbers and strawberries and basil and apples and lemons and whatever, whatever all the ingredients kind of called for. And I also picked up uh, seven different small containers um, that, to hold the liquid, like pitchers, small little pitchers, and I made them. And uh, so... There's seven different ones. One of them's to uh, help your immune system. One's to help boost energy. Um, one's to review to remove metals, which I'm not a hundred percent sure what that actually equals. I'm sure somebody out there could explain it to me and uh, make it make sense. Um, one of them was to fight inflammation. Uh, one's to help with weight loss, which I'm working on right now. One is to help with stress, something else I'm working on right now. And the other one was to help lower blood pressure. Um, so a bunch of different recipes, uh, and, and all I did was I basically filled up the pitchers with uh, some water and put the fruit in, let it sit overnight or, I, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever it might be. And I'll tell you, it's been awesome. I, uh, you know, we're in day two of it, but as soon as I go in there, I'm, I'm grabbing a different sort of drink for how I'm feeling. 
and it's helping me kind of, uh, you know, do whatever it's saying. So like this morning I, uh, I've been drinking my, uh, the, the removing metals one and I don't know what I'm supposed to feel, but I, I really, I do feel better. You know, I, I feel like I'm having a pretty good day and it could also be the fact that I've probably have drank, I don't know, the actual recommended eight glasses of water in the last 24 hours. Um, and then what I started last night was, so last night I had a yoga class, um, I did the hour and a half one uh, at my yoga studio. I do Bikram yoga. And, oh, my God, was it hot. I mean, I'm in, we're in the Detroit area, and it's been up in the 90s, high 90s. Um, like, it feels like for the last week and a half or so. And, you know, walking in that room with the humidity so high, it was extra sweaty. I lost so much liquids um, last night. And coming home, I, I just pounded the weight loss uh, water recipe uh, God, I probably must have drank eight glasses of that last night before bed. I was so, so thirsty. But, um, yeah, so I'm intrigued on this. Uh, you know, um, if you're interested, shoot me out an email, uh, and I can send you the video and send you kind of the, the recipes and, and what I'm doing if you're interested in learning more about this. Um, but I'm only in day two of it. You know, check back when I do another one of these podcasts. I'll give you an update on it as to ho- hopefully this is a system we're doing and and I'm also making my kids do and my, my wife uh, um, to do it as well. So, but so far, it has, uh, it has been going good. So, so I don't know if you had a chance to look over at the Woodshed Agency website, but we've had a couple of uh, new blogs that have gone up. Um, the first one that, that kind of stuck out was, um, in terms of crowdfunding, was stretch goals. Um, we had a client uh, real recently um, kind of poo-poo our strategy for stretch goals and basically erased of them and change them and and is kind of refusing to implement them so it, it sparked me to to create this blog post um and it's it's you know it's basically why stretch goals are are, are crucial and you know we're finding right now in this campaign that we're, we're kind of struggling we're kind of limping along a little bit and i believe it's a direct reflection of stretch goals and why and how they're not giving people incentives to to pledge more or to get to certain tiers and then the other big thing on it is also allowing um, uh, us as the marketing firm or even, you know, even the campaign itself is to start reaching out to other networks. Um, and that's such an p- important thing. You ca- it's so challenging to fund these projects on just your own personal network, especially when you're getting up into six-digit numbers. You've got to reach out to other networks, and stretch goals are the perfect opportunity We've seen them time and time again. There's tons of data out there. But if you're interested in stretch goals, I definitely recommend going to the Woodshed Agency blog, um, uh, you know, Woodshed Agency website. Go to the blog section and check out, um, check out that post. The other interesting post I put up the other day was, uh, you know, one of it's my 10 things um, to share on social media. I, I made a little list there. And I think there's some good data in there, too, if you're struggling with your campaigns or not even with your campaigns, but maybe your brand in general before you're launching a campaign of what you should be putting out on social media. And, and, and I think there's some good techniques in there um, for things that you might not be thinking of. Um, you know, one of them for me is like unofficial holidays. Uh, I, I wrote in there, you know, there's the World Laughter Day. Um, and if you have also, too, I have a, um, a marketing calendar that I use quite, quite frequently um, that's, that, I, that I build that allows, you know, just basically you look at it per month and you can, you can look out and say, oh, it's kitten day on August 9th, whatever it might be. And that gives you time to prepare the content so you're not making it, you know, in frantic mode or real time. So, so those are the last kind of couple blogs there too. And then hopefully too, you guys have been checking out, um, everybody I think that, that is listening to this probably knows that our big client right now is, is cream, um, is the cream documentary. And, 
you know, it's a big campaign and um, we have been podcasting basically every other day or every day kind of behind the scenes of what's happening inside of a big international campaign. So if you haven't been checking those episodes out, I strongly recommend going back to uh, day one uh, that, when we, that we recorded on launch day. Um, and the podcast uh, that's just up today that was released is um, one on, uh, we, did, we were in week one of it, full week, seven days. Where are we? What's the numbers looking like? What's the overall feeling and the vibe? So those are small little special mini, mini episodes inside the podcast. So I'd also recommend checking those out. Um, but we've got a lot of really cool things kind of coming up here soon. And uh, so definitely stay tuned to those. Um, there's going to be some events coming up in the near future as well for, uh, that we're going to be doing some crowdfunding type of, uh, I wouldn't call it training or advice or anything like that, but just kind of some crowdfunding coaching, but more in an event style thing. So if you have any questions about that, again, shoot me an email. Jeff at woodshed.agency, and obviously I'll get back to you. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, all that stuff. Google Woodshed Agency or Facebook or my, my name, and, and uh, you'll definitely, find, definitely be able to find me. So let's, uh, so let's, think of, let's go back to this, um, our interview today. Like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's John Ruman, uh, and the, the Kickstarter campaign is the Woody Hub, and it's rethinking how you see power strips. Uh, so currently right now, they've got 17 days to go and they're, they've just crossed, they're just under $24,000, about 139 backers. It's a company out of Italy and their power strips are very, very cool. They almost look like the, um, the Apple uh, airport routers, the, um, the Wi-Fi routers. It, it has a, a, they're, they're similar to that, but what's intriguing about them is the tech behind them because they allow... The, 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 the device takes any sort of power outlet. So if you're an international traveler, you're somebody on business, I, I, I've done it a few times, you know, you, you go to another country and all of a sudden you can't plug in your device or you didn't bring the right adapter or so on and so forth or they didn't come with it, whatever it might be, and you might be stuck not being able to charge your iPhone. So this device solves that issue um, and there's no special upgrades or anything, you just plug it in. Um, but it was really intriguing to talk to these guys because this same product, they ran a Kickstarter campaign about a year ago and it failed. Very close to the same product. Um, and John gets very frank and very detailed as to you know, how they weren't really ready a year ago and it, it, Kickstarter just made that, the spotlight on that problem amplified. And um, so that conversation was really good. So definitely, I hope you guys check this out. Um, it's a really cool project. And if you're into upgrading your power strip, there's no better campaign or no better project to support right now than the Woody Hub. All right, let's kick it to our interview with John Rumer from the Woody Hub. Yep. Yep. Somebody's got it. I, with Google Docs, I I can't get anybody to see the shared stuff. So when I share something, I'm like, Hey, I think I shared it with you it's attached to a wrong email for somebody or so then I have like four emails back and forth of did can you see it? Did you know? And they're like, no, I, I, I didn't get the invite. I'm like, Oh, what? You know? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Like, like you, you always got to make sure that once you click on uh, like get shareable link, always yeah. check also with, with who, who can see the shareable link. Right. Cause typically like, your your standard uh, settings are not always. Yep, yep. That's the uh, yeah. That's the that's the issue when you're uh, trying to live in the cloud with all these companies. So, but you're you're yeah. a you're a 
how big is your, I mean, is, is like, I saw your team is like, are you guys all working on this full time or is this, you guys have other, you know, is it kind of a part-time thing for you or what's your guys' company like? And we got like four or five guys, like we have five guys working on this full time. Mm-hmm. Um, one is actually, has been doing this for full time for like almost full time for like the last three months, but has his own company as well. It's the guy who did the, the video and, mm-hmm. uh, and the graphics and everything. So he'll actually get back to his own company after the, after the campaign. Uh, then we got we got four full time, and then the rest of them are mostly part time. Gotcha. Just like the, the IT guy, some sky, someone mm-hmm. making sketches, and all those things is uh, it's part time and like four full time. Cool, that's cool. So, uh, what are you guys using? Like, do you guys, what do you guys use internally for like conversations? Do you guys have a software you guys use or anything? Well, typically we're all in the same office. Oh, okay. So uh, that the makes things. It's 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 one of the reasons I I emigrated to Italy. Actually, it's 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 so much easier to just sit across each other. Uh, also, because there are some live events as well. You have the Milan Design Week and those kind of things. Where if you want to actually build a company rather than just a product, you kind of need to go to those kind of locations as well. Right. That's so, cool. but so mainly it's it's like WhatsApp. We we do have the pools for uh, for like task scheduling and, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not like we use Slack or anything. It's yeah, yeah. My we switched to uh, from Slack to Basecamp three because uh, my team is all over the states. So uh, you, you guys got a big team or what? Like- uh, we have we have six six members. So a couple on a couple on the west coast, one on the east coast, and then uh, uh, three of us located in like i said in detroit so and we're not in, like in an office we, we try to do we thought about doing an office and we we don't see much value in the overhead like i don't i'm not 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 if you're spread across yeah. i mean if you got like two or three people per location like why the hell do you need an office right like, i i know i know especially at least when i went to i, I went to california once uh especially there like you got like those sharing co-op spaces yep everywhere throughout the entire damn city you can sit at home like if you're using those things there's there's no sense in getting yeah we yeah yeah if we need to have a meeting you know i I rent one of those for a hundred bucks and and uh and we go from there so you know all right sean is chiping in here he should be back in a second but But I, I saw you guys help with crowdfunding campaigns as well. You're like you, you do the entire campaign, or you're one of those guys that just does the marketing, or like yeah, we we do from start to finish uh, with clients. Um, you know, a lot of them come to us real early in their kind of in their idea of the product, and we'll help on the business side. So maybe even some, getting some traditional funding in, and then walking them through all the way to like fulfillment. You know, making sure that that product's shipping. So. Um, yeah, so we've been doing it. Basically, we had a partnership with Kickstarter right when they first started, uh, you know, five and a half years ago or so, and ended up franchising um, recording studios uh, around the United States. So we had six studios that were all doing Kickstarters, and that kind of came our that, that so that, that was our business model for a while, and then uh, we learned crowdfunding inside and out by doing that. And then uh, so now we just help with campaigns, and and uh, we created this podcast to kind of. Just talk about projects that we think are cool, projects that have already funded, you know, that uh, we know are going to be successful, you know, projects that are thinking outside the box. So that's how I, you know, when I found you guys, I was like, this is, you guys are perfect, you know, like you're, you know, you're uh, doing a very unique design, uh, uh, you know, power strip 
for lack of a better term. And it, it's cool. Yeah, no, you know? it is. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it, it's something where you're like, you know, I, I'm looking at my power strip right now and I, it's just a power strip, but you guys are making me rethink it, you know, like, why? Yeah, you, 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 you probably got it somewhere under your desk, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, that's yeah, that's that's where we typically had it as well. Like you try to hide it away as far right, as possible to yeah. to the point where you actually have to crawl under your desk to like right. unplug. Yeah, yeah. So definitely not uh not that cool, you know. Exactly, but that that was for us the problem actually as well. But we'll probably get to that on the on the actual interview as well. Yeah. Like kick kick Kickstarter is quite a specific place which. With with quite a particular group of people, mm-hmm. like like that that are on Kickstarter, which a majority of those are not the kind of people that would be interested in something that we have. Right. At least I think. Right? Like you, you have you have even more experience than we do in this field. But that that that's about the the idea when we looked at everything that what what we got as well. Yeah. All right. So Sean's back up. So let me do this real quick here. I'm gonna. Um... I'm going to hang up here, and I'm just going to try to add both of you guys right again uh, real quick, okay? All right. Great, thanks. All right. Video here. Uh, nah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. Like, I once had this when, when I was back in university. Mm-hmm. And I was just uh, randomly Skyping with a guy and like, okay, okay, let's add the rest of the group. And every time you would add one person, you would like, Pfft. Skype would give you the middle finger and go like, nope. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to, you're not nope. going to talk. All right. Not he, today. Yeah. So he's not working. I'm going to, I'm just going to work, work. You and I are going to have a conversation. We'll, we'll go with this. All right. So, uh, well, well, cool. Well, well, John, you and I have already been chatting for a little bit. I appreciate it so much that you, uh, you're taking some time to, uh, to talk with us and kind of talk about your campaign. So why don't you kick it off and tell us about your project Sorry, and what you do? You oh, oh, there oh, he is. Oh, wow. Whoa, he he's came here. He's, he is here. here. Skype is working. Hi, Sean. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Sorry. This, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, John and I went through all the uh, the the tech issues that we all fight, and Skype is one that is everybody fights it, and we don't know, you know, where the problem is, you know, but it's there. Nope. And, and right. we're still you and we're still using it. Yeah, oh, we're still yeah. using it. Yep, yep. Everybody still uses it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, Sean, I was just about ready to kick it off. Uh, yeah, kick it off. I'm ready. I'm I'm good to go. Cool. So all right, let's let's power through this here. Um, so John, like I was saying that you know we were talking a little bit before. Uh, your project is awesome. Um, we're so excited Thanks. that you, you, you had a chance that we could sit down and kind of have a quick talk about this, uh, about your cool campaign. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your project is and uh, go from there. All right. Well, uh, thanks, first of all. Uh, love the opportunity to, to help people making, uh, avoiding making the same mistakes as, as we did, mostly. Uh, we have... Uh, an evolution of, of the power strip mostly. Like we all have charging devices and, and charging stations, typically the white plastic one, which is I think standard. I've seen it in the US, in Europe, like everywhere across the world, we have those ugly white things that I see people hiding them everywhere. Like everybody does the same, I do as well, even to the point where if you take your phone, you go to the corner of the, of the living room just to charge it there because you don't want that freaking thing somewhere in your living room. So we created something completely different. Uh, we redesigned the entire thing. Rather than wanting to hide it, 
we wanted to make something that's really good design and just so you want to show it like it's actually something you can brag about to your friends saying like look what i got on my table when yeah. like, i notice you see it <laughs> right right but when you make something like like that like you want to make it something special we also said okay uh, fuck this like we got to do it really good <laughs> we got to re- redesign the technology aspect as well like the current charging stations they all have like you can put your plugs in and you need a special version for your country and we just said no 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 this needs to be a station that you cannot only show but you can actually use with whatever charging need you have like we wanted to completely rethink how you have access to to power so we decided to put in technology aspect a far improved version uh, of the product as well so how that looks like we put universal sockets into it which mm-hmm. means that even if you have friends from the UK over in, in the US or from Australia or Europe or whatever they can plug their sock uh, their their cables into the socket as well like it it handles uh, 150 different countries in the world like pretty much everywhere uh, so that's because otherwise everyone always needs to bring an adapter if you deal with like international business mm-hmm. or you have friends or even when you Imagine you're in uh, an Airbnb room or something, you know, like if I come from the UK to the US or from Italy, in our case, to the US, I would always need to bring a charger. And so we said, this exists. Why not put it in? Uh, we put in wireless charging as well. It's, it's great up and coming. Like all the new phones have it except the iPhone for which we, we got a special case as well. Like that had to be put in because you do want it to be ready for 2016 like you don't want it to be obsolete in like two years right and of course you and usb like every everything uses usb these terms so it's it's, yeah it's basically a unique piece of design that charges anything you want you can just put it anywhere you want that was the idea actually get the charging back to where you need it the most without feeling the need to hide it but actually enjoy looking at it well, John, one of the interesting things that we were kind of chatting about uh, just earlier uh, is the fact that the power strip in general has been uh, something you hide uh, probably <laughs> since since its existence. I mean, we were talking right now. Mine's under a desk. Sean, where's your power strips? Bolted under my desk. <laughs> Bolted under a desk, <laughs> right? So it's like so. What what's intriguing about this campaign is is there's also this like the sexy vibe to to basically a very utilitarian tool, right? Like you're, you're just like, yeah. you know, uh, we're sexifying something that I don't know if very many people looked at and never thought I should try to make this sexier. So w- tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of the origins of this idea. Um, you know, like who was the first person to kind of look at this and go, we got to make this better? I was uh, one of our co-founders actually. Uh, uh, he went on a trip to Bolivia in South America and they, they, they had this awful car, like this awful, awful car that would break down like 30 times. Mm-hmm. But it was like cheap and affordable. So like, yeah, what do you want to do? Uh, and, and, and so they had to go to garages like 30 times just to get the car fixed again. And, th- and then they'd go on their way. And there was one garage uh, where they actually had uh, a power strip. I'm, I'm not sure you can actually really call it a power strip because apparently it was just like a block of wood with like the electronics like taped onto it and and he would charge it and 
it's unsafe as hell. Like <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing anything like that on, unless you like really know what you're doing. Right. And even even then, I wouldn't recommend it. But like, but the guy saw like, okay, this is pretty unsafe, but it it kind of looks cool though. Like using the wood, like it's, it's at least it's not the white plastic thing I hate so much. Right. And that was like the first time that he was like, oh shit, we can actually do this a bit differently. Uh, the guy has a more design architecture background. So like he, he has a way of looking at those things like most of his life, travels a lot, sees a lot of different things. And he was just like, okay, uh, can we, can we do this? Like, like. Can we combine wood wood with, with something like this? Like, can we make it look awesome? Because, like you said, like sexifying an object which everybody uses, but no one really thought about like changing. The same Senseo did the same. Like, they made the coffee machine, which was like this utilitarian tool which pretty much everyone used at that point. Mm -hmm. But it looked, it was like so super basic. And if you look at the coffee machines and the espresso machines machines these days, it's like one has to be prettier and cooler than the next one. And 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 those kind of things play in your mind as well when you look at these things. Like, why do we change that for all those kind of different devices? But these these power strips have been looking awful and like disgusting for the last 40 years. Right. Like why? Right. Can you talk a little bit about the materials that you're wrapping these strips in? Yeah, uh, we, we got three different materials, actually. Uh, I mean, the name Woody, Woody Hub, obviously comes from the first. Uh, the first idea, as, as I said, also from, from the garage, it was wood. Uh, we thought we can do this with wood. Uh, and, and we have, actually. Uh, it's, it's isolated inside, though, with, with plastic, because you need to get the current uh, not to interact with the wood because otherwise you cannot get it certified and all those kind of things. But uh, we have wood, uh, two different kinds of, of essences we, we use in the first place. We have a concrete version as well, uh, depending on the interior design you have, and marble. And, and this is not like plastic painted. This, this is actual super quality wood, marble, and concrete, because we want to make sure that if we make a design piece like this, uh, we have to get quality materials as well. Uh, there are some other concepts which we're thinking of, like aluminium. Like you guys were saying, like uh, Jeff, you said you guys had new MacBooks. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like we, we, we got an aluminium version as well, which we're thinking of. It's actually one of our stretch goals that has like the same kind of color like the MacBook. Mm -hmm. Like just, just for different kind of people. The idea was to make a piece that everyone would love. Right. Everybody loves different things. So we made a few different pieces to fit with any kind of interior design you want. Uh, so we made sure we got it. Yeah, that, that's it's funny. Oh, so go ahead, John. Uh, go for it. Uh, so it, it's funny you mentioned Apple because this is very reminiscent to me of the second generation Airport Extreme or the Mac Mini. You know, there's, I think Apple did a very similar idea of taking you know, the wireless router and the desktop computer out from under the desk and putting them on the desk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Apple has been uh, an amazing player in terms of design. Uh, I, I would be lying if I said that uh, we, don't, we don't look at them also to, to see, like, what can you learn about design? How can you make it cool? Like, we look at that as well. 
Like they, they've been a front runner and you'd be a fool not looking at success stories when thinking about your own kind of design. Yeah, that, that's one of the things uh, just like, just from a from a campaign aspect, as soon as I saw this page, the uh, the cleanness of the designs just it just jumps right out at you, right? Like it's as soon as you see it, you're like, this is so well thought out. Um, and I think that's got to be you know partially you know why you're you're being successful right now is that it's just such a beautifully designed uh, power strip, you know, uh, the, the way everything looks on it, the wood, the concrete, it just it looks so good. Um, as it is from a design standpoint. What I love about it too is even the cable that goes to the wall is designed. You know, mm-hmm. you've left no stone unturned in the beauty of this product. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's been our goal as well. Just like if if you do it, you got to do it right, and you got to do it all the way. You you cannot go halfway and just say, okay, we got sort of. You, you got to go all the way. And exactly what you said, we went a bit for that clean, neat design kind of thing. Uh, we had the campaign designed around that concept as well. And um, so far, I, I, I definitely think that that's part of the reason why, why it's working so well as well. Mm-hmm. So, so walk us through a little bit, like, what kind of um, challenges did you have manufacturing this? Um, I, I'm, I'm personally not that familiar with, you know, manufacturing in Italy, um, so, like, what did you guys? What kind of steps had to happen for you guys to get your prototype to where you are right now? Ah, uh, there were there were a lot of steps. I'm sure the there team. was only one like, step. Like, I'm sure it was one email you sent, and it was all fine, right? Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> like it was, it was easy. Like we did it in two days. No, right, right, it's, right. It's been we, this, the design of this thing started well over one and a half years ago. Like the first design, and it changed, and we started talking to people, and depending on that, we. Not so much change the design, but a bit more the technology inside, like what people really wanted inside as well. And then comp- uh, complementing the design a bit extra, changing a bit of the curves. Like there was there was one thing that actually stands out, and it, to me it was kind of surprising. There was a like a, a millimeter or like three millimeters of 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 like size of of the of the outer shell. Mm-hmm. That we cut off inside the design, which like dramatically reduced production cost, like because it, it depended on like the the size of the blocks of of wood and and those kind of things and marble that you would get and they would use to to cut the the frame out and everything. And if if you would go three millimeter uh, millimeters like shorter, it would change so much. Like th- those small things. You, we've been iterating like for more than one and a half years. Uh, right. Another 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 problem is like uh, we had designed the product to a point, but you still need to get it designed for industrial design as well, which is a whole different story again. Mm-hmm. Like you can have your product ready, but then you need to go to production. So we actually got someone, uh, a professional, an external professional to, to do that. And we had some people inside our network uh, that were active in that industry as well. So the drawings we got from him, we checked with others to, to see, like, guys, what do you think? Like, does this guy know what he's doing? Because you can automatically assume that whoever you work with knows what he's doing. Right. But if there's, if, if there's any way you can check whether or not that's true with like a professional to, to double check, especially in a case like this, because uh, I mean, you know this as well. 
if you go towards the production and you need to get the molds and everything, you're talking easily about 35 to 40K Mm -hmm. at least. If something goes wrong with those things, like if they're not perfect, if they're not good, you're throwing away 30, right. 35, 40K. It's, it's, it's something you can't do. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've been very careful, actually, with the entire process. We probably could have done it faster, I think. But you want to be on the safe side always with, with these things. Like you've seen so many people fail. With, with actually coming up on their promises, even those who, who made their campaigns a big success, like failing because a multitude of different reasons. And one of the things you, you see recurring is they didn't quite know what they were doing in the production phase. They made too many mistakes and had to redo it. Yeah. And we just wanted to prevent that at all costs, going step by step, double checking every step along the entire way. Exactly. Uh, I love to change gears a little bit. I, I'm looking at your page, and the amount of press you've gotten is pretty impressive. Can you talk a little bit about your your strategy in promoting this campaign and, and getting this press? Yeah. Well, the the press was was. I I, I can tell you, it it looks quite easy when you when, like you guys know differently. But when you when you're now listening to this and you think, ah, they got some press, and I see more pages with press, can't be that hard. Uh, actually, there's a lot more work going into to get because you need to get emails and, and hello. Uh oh. Hello. That's not good. I think we lost him. Hello. Make your thing work, Skype. That's all we have. Yeah, come on, Skype. Come on, Skype. All right, let me try to connect us all again. This has been... Yeah. Gotta be. Uh... John. Hey. Yeah. My 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 internet had a momentary sh- shutdown. <laughs> Should have tech technology, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, what was the last thing you, so, uh, you guys could still hear? Uh, we were well. Let's we'll just kick it back off. We were talking about that you've had a lot of really good press um, in your campaign so far. So, like, what was your strategy to before you launched uh, launched this product uh, to get press? Well, we we started at least I think three months before the the campaign, also mm-hmm. on getting press which meant that we were getting press lists, which uh, we were using a lot of different channels. Like we were looking at other crowdfunding campaigns, see what press they got and, and, and try to see, like, like and, and add those to the list, go, mm-hmm. to their, go to their site, add them to the list. We were getting lists from other people 
that we knew had crowdfunding campaigns or other businesses. Uh, we looked them up ourselves. Uh, there are some channels and, and where you can find blogs and all those kind of things. And that's just, that's getting the list. Uh, if you actually, because we, we tried this once before and you got no press. Like it's 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 pretty difficult to, to get press. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of time. Like if, if you have a very small team, you seriously got to wonder whether or not you want to spend your time on getting press because it's it's quite a time-consuming. Uh, it's a full-time thing to job. Do. It's it's a full-time. No, it, yeah. it it seriously is a full-time yeah. job because you getting that list. Like I make it sound easy now, but there's a lot of hours in getting that list. And if you do get lists from other people, you gotta put them like in the same makeup and order of your own lists. at stuff. Then you want to go categorize them. You want to see which are really niche towards you, which are like more in general, in our case, technology, more in design. Mm-hmm. Like you want to car- categorize them one by one. And then you have to like make messages specifically for those different kinds of press, uh, which again, takes a lot of work. We, we had the fortune, we had, uh, we had some friends inside, uh, actually we had some friends who are journalists so we had one especially was which was helping us uh, a lot, which we managed to get in our contact, which was helping us with what kind of message to send, mostly how to send it. Uh, if I can give a few tips on, on that, mostly if you're going to send it, don't talk too much about yourself. <laughs> yep. Uh, like like you, you, the mindset you should have is they don't give a shit about us. They give a shit about their readers and it yep. has to be interesting for their readers. Yep. They don't give, they don't care like you've been working for two years no. and it's been hard. Like they don't care. Like if it's an interesting story for the readers, they'll care. Otherwise they won't. Like what's in it for them? Yep. Uh, if you send an email, the first one just make it super short. Mm-hmm. Two, like make it six to ten lines, that's that's fine. Like don't make it half a page, like they won't read it. Putting in a good image that actually explains a lot helps as well uh, we we once we started sending out stuff we we actually we wrote uh, because we we started three three or four weeks before we launched the campaign we started sending out the first email actually saying like hey we know you write about these kind of things uh, it's awesome we think we have something that might be of interest to you because of this and this, like super, like I said, super short. Right. If you, if you want, we have a press kit with images and everything for you. Yeah. To see, also to make sure that we don't randomly send out the press kit too early to everyone, because you're gonna get people that are not paying attention that well. See, and go, okay, it's nice. Right. I'll just write something up, and they write it down immediately which by the time you actually launch the campaign, uh, no one's going to read it anymore. Right, right, yep. So, you know, so, I, I mean, I noticed that you, you you had a Kickstarter that you guys launched before that was not successful. What do you think has been the biggest difference between that campaign and this campaign? Because a lot of, the, I was going through the pages, you know, you, the pages look slightly similar. There's a lot of good work, good videos. What do you think has been the biggest difference? I, I think it. A lot of it of, of, on the product side uh, is is quite same mm-hmm. still as it was last year. There are slight technological upgrades in, in, in the form of the wireless charging. We have more coils to make it make it better, like so you don't have to position it that perfectly. 
like that that we have. But in essence, the product is is mostly the same. Uh, we made the the campaign a bit more more sleek. I, th I think, in my opinion, the video is a hundred times better this time around. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that will probably help. I think the timing helps a bit as well. Last year, we we still had to develop most of the things, and now we have a timing where we say we've pretty much done all the work. We've removed uh, a lot of your risk, basically, because right. crowdfunding still is part of the risk. Yep. People people like to minimize their risk, so we removed quite a bit of the risk. Now saying like we're already at this stage that we know we can produce it. We we have people. We had one of our co-founders in China for weeks just checking every step of the production process. Uh, he's going there again uh, in, in a few weeks to make sure that everything goes perfect on that side. Uh, like, I think that helps, like removing a bit of the risk. Right. At, this, at the same time, it's, it's been of a, a bit of a downside as well, because uh, we've had people, and, and we knew this beforehand, uh, like like I told you before as well, like the people that are on Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general are a certain type of people in general. You yeah. have a lot of early technology adopters, like very new, very tech heavy, which means that if you come up with a product that's designed more for a mass market rather than just the te early technology adopters, uh, you're going to get some negative feedback. Hmm. And in our case, it also meant you're going to lose some of the backers that had pledged to us before and that now went, okay, we're a year ahead. It's awesome to see you guys actually made it through to all the steps, that, to all the hurdles that a lot of other people fail. But you're using quite the same technology and they are actually experimenting with even newer technology, even faster technology that no phone has yet or almost no phone has. Like people are just getting used to the idea of wireless charging, let alone like the newest forms, like those kind of things. But, you know, on Kickstarter, there are going to be people that focus primarily on this. Yeah, uh, we are uh, in our case a design product. A high-quality, high-end design product, mostly more than we uh, than we put ourselves up as a high-tech. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's the the only thing, or the, the thing that's unique uh, in respect to our technology is the fact that we combine all three of. Right. Uh, oh, hello. We lost him again. Oh, oh, I didn't even know you were there. Yeah, I, I was. I was on. Or is it going to get back? There he goes, Jack. Let's try to wrap it. This guy's going to fight us. Yep. Well, this, this uh, intro will be uh, discussing Skype and its amazingness. Yes. Yeah. This is where I wonder if it's just better to do Uber conference. Yeah. It works. I don't know. Sorry for that. <laughs> no. Well, I you know, I, I usually record like a little intro before these, so this one will des definitely be uh highlighting the amazingness of Skype interviews. Uh yeah. it's this has been we're putting on a show here, people, on how to how to use the uh -huh. technology. How, yeah, how you know, we interview 
all these people making these great products on Kickstarter and launching. Skype's been around for a decade, and they can't figure out the one thing that they do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you would think we were. I mean, I. It's like we. It, it would. I would expect this if we were running like ten video conferences. You know, or everybody was chiming in video. It's like, dude, it's two people are online right now. It's, Actually, I, I, I gotta I gotta take it up for Skype. Like they're not always the best, but in this case, it's our internet that's like okay. that's letting down. So I'd say I'm I'm sorry, Skype. It's not your fault. Okay, we'll point I, the finger at I your think. Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's Italian Wi-Fi. It's yeah, like, Italian it Wi-Fi. Come up to Damn it. <laughs> well, well, let's uh, you know what? Let's try to you know we've gotten a lot of great info. So let's go ahead and try to just kind of wrap it up a little bit. And I think um, kind of the question I had was was in your guys' process, um, we got a lot of good info about your previous campaign and this campaign. And, and um, so what I'm wondering is, is how do you guys come up with this new goal in terms of the company? So I, I think for me, it's around 16,000, I think, or sorry, what was your guys' goal? Yeah, 16,000 is what it says, US dollars. So, uh, yeah, for us, it says 50, it's 15,000 euros, yeah. which will probably translate to about $16,000 right now because I know the exchange rate hasn't been so great lately. <laughs> right, right. So, so how did you guys come up with that number, um, and 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 how did that work in your guys' formula? Yeah, it was uh, it, it came twofold really. Uh, the first one is uh, we we had after that first campaign we had an angel investment. We had outside money to to help us get to the point where we are right now in terms of production, which meant that things like uh, a mold we had already uh, we have already paid for which made it easier, which meant that we, at this point, uh, mostly the, the money is, is going towards the, the actual production. Like we, cause we, we need uh, two things. First, you need the electronics, which come from, uh, come from Asia, cause mm -hmm. you can get them here as well, but it's, it's like three times as expensive for the exact same quality. Uh, so you're getting those from abroad, like the shell, everything uh, that, like that comes from, uh, from Italy. It's, it's, it's crafted here. Mm. Which means, like, especially on the side of the electronics and everything, you need at least a thousand pieces. Right. So, uh, cal calculating all those things, uh, we came to about fifteen thousand, which made uh, we made sure that we can actually produce that that amount of, of pieces. Uh, if you, if you do get higher than that, uh, there should be no problem in ordering more, of course. Right, right. Uh, then, then you get uh, on top of it. It also helps. Like we we went to look and the same. If you start a crowdfunding campaign, and I think you guys will agree with this, you need to ask for the bare minimum of what you need and what you want mm -hmm. and, and go with that. Like, it would be nice to get 30 or get 40. No, it's like, what you need, get it. Because uh, strangely, as, as the minds of people work, both in terms of press, both in terms of backers, once you made it, Somehow it's, it becomes more attractive and easier to, to put the money in when you're certain someone will make it rather than, oh, shit, I don't know. Right. Like, I think, are I they going to make it? Like, I think that's the risk we were talking about earlier is that, you you know, you're just yeah. you're you're eliminating that risk. People start feeling more and more confident once they see the numbers and they're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to happen now. Why would right. you? So that's yeah, that's that's uh, that's cool. It definitely helps. Like for me, I, I still I think we'll we'll reach to that point. I would prefer to get at least around double. Mm -hmm. So I'll go towards 30k, and from the looks of it, we're we're quite well on track to get there as well. And we still have some 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 publications that that should be coming out as well. How about social? So, how about social media wise? Um, how how active have you guys been, or has it been mostly traditional press? Uh, 
Uh, no, actually, uh, social media has been doing very well. Like if we if we look at the, the distribution of people going to to our campaign, basically, I'd say about thirty percent comes from Kickstarter itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have, I think, another twenty percent, give or take twenty twenty five to thirty percent as well. Like twenty to thirty percent coming from the press. Like the different forms of press, and I think the rest comes mostly either from from our own network uh, as well as, as social media. We we've been doing uh, we've been building up social media for for months, and if we, actually we, you should as soon as you can you should start building it up. In my opinion, like if you can do it earlier, do it even earlier, uh, both in in paid, in our case as well as. Uh, as normal, mm-hmm. we did find uh, paid was slightly less than we had expected. To be honest, uh, I was expecting a bit more of a return on that one. Uh, again, it might have something to do with the fact that the people that are on Kickstarter are more tech heavy and ask more, even more demands of of, of things in that regard, which means that you kind of wonder about the the early adopters versus mass market, which which we're targeting mostly. Right. Uh, we still got a return on that as well, though, and and we got from from our social media. What we got right now is about two thousand people liking us and following us and interacting with us on Facebook, uh, as well as on Instagram, which could always be better, of course. But uh, right. I think that's a, it's a really great start. And has definitely, I can say, has definitely helped us as well. So I, I noticed too that you're featured on Backers Nation. How did how did you guys come to to decide to use them, and how how do you feel about using them? Uh, yeah, when when it comes to that, actually, because we, we 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 tried a couple of things when you talk about paying for either uh, these kind of things. Uh, in general, I would argue against it. If if I would have to be honest right now. Um, because most of those things, like there are a lot of people that are promoting you, I don't know, bullshit in terms of I'm going to help you with online marketing, which we tried the first time, which was a complete disaster. Yeah. Uh, There was a, I forgot their names, like they do some main campaigns, which they're doing quite well apparently. But once you go like you have to, you have to pay like a standard fee, which was, they, they brought in nothing pretty much. Like you paid mm. so much, they brought in nothing. In, in general, I think there are a lot of scam artists operating in the market that think it's it's easy money. And also because a lot of the people going to crowdfunding apparently seem to think it's easy money. Right. And I've learned by now that it's everything but. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> uh, the, the one that's actually standing out of this as an exception though, and so far I've only really found one, which which actually does well, which would be worth your money, is I think the Backer Club. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's one of the guys you, you mentioned. Backer Club is, is some sort of community of people that back a lot of projects on Kickstarter. And getting them together, you have to offer them something special uh, as an extra right. to, to get them to get featured there. And you have to pay a small fee. But so far, out of all of them, Killing me, John. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Boy, that's a that was. Oh. <laughs> it's just. 
Jeff Wenzel's gonna have to do some editing on this one. A lot of dead air. A lot of dead air. Connect that. Connect that. <laughs> the. Yep. Why? Why? Like the one time, like the one time you really needed to work. <laughs> that's it. Start. That's it. It 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 just. <laughs> It's it's at least it's at the point where it's humorous now, right? At first it was kind of yeah. like you're pissed, but now it's like, all right, there's just nothing. It's just the world. I have no control over this. I have to serenity now. Everything's fine. So let's we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. This has been a, a solid hour of a little bit of dead air here and there, but uh, yeah. but, but but John, if you you, you 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 can cut it out probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 To a certain, to yeah. certain degree. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not live. We're not, we're not cutting it live on a radio station right now or anything like that. That but, would have been something. Yeah, but I do want to go back real quick because you were talking about Backer Club and and because it's a tool we've used in the past too, and it's good to hear that somebody else has had some good success with it. So, is so Backer Club is something that you would recommend uh, people trying or looking at for their campaigns. Yeah, that- Definitely. That, that's out of everything, everything and everyone that's offering you your services, because trust me, there's going to be a lot of people that just are going to randomly, I'm just going to say spam, mm-hmm. they're, they're randomly going to, they're going to like, yeah, so, some even seem to think that they're the only ones doing it, but you're going to get at least 20, right? at least and and like I said, Backer Club is the only one that I, I would actually recommend. Like all the other ones, selling you like, yeah, we can do uh, your your online marketing. We can do this for you. We can do that for you. Like unless you have some guys like a, a bit like you guys that are supporting you, like real hands on from beginning until end, like really helping you rather than like someone who promises you a shortcut in yeah. any point of life any point of business anything someone offering you a shortcut ignore them and walk away yep yeah that's that's what we have found too with uh, with the amount of campaigns we run that's that's how we've tried to position ourselves is like we've got no magical bullet you know we will help you from start to finish with good business advice and you know and, and i always tell people too where i'm just like it, there's nothing I can do social media wise in two weeks, you know, that's going to make oh, any no. sort of impact. And if you think that you're nuts, you're, you know, yeah. you know so what, what, what you can get in two weeks in terms of social media impact is either spend a lot of money and you get some sort of impact or you can, you get those drone followers with people with automatic scripts and, yeah. and stuff like that. Right. That's completely useless. Like, Exactly. Like sh- sh- short shortcuts do not exist. Yep. Like it, it may sound easy here also doing a crowdfunding campaign. And again, like the same with the press, with actually getting the product ready. Like there isn't all there is is shitloads of hours of work, work, and even more work. Yeah. Like that that that's it. Yeah. Like and, and you sort of need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Like or learn learn, be able to learn quickly what you're doing. I don't want to those and just a lot of work. That's that's the only way. Yeah. Like seriously. It's so what do you think the future looks like? What what's the next uh what's next year look like? I mean you you know you're funded on this one. Walk yeah. what is what does next year look like for you guys? Uh, next year, well actually it's it's next week and then <laughs> the next weeks and then even the past few weeks, like especially especially from the moment you knew like okay, this is this is happening, like this is this is gonna happen within this time period. And we got funded in two days, which 
meant pretty damn quickly we knew, okay, this is it. Uh, the next step is uh, the actual building of a business. We've been doing that for the last few months as well. Like rather than just making the product, building uh, a business, which again is, is a different thing as well. Next steps are getting retailers on board. Uh, we got a, we already have some retailers. Actually, the, the, the crowdfunding campaign could be higher than it is, but we got a couple of retailers that just pledged a small symbolic amount but uh, already uh, said and, and written down uh, that they want to order a lot more. Uh, so we actually got more than it says that we did at this point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically getting partners, getting retailers. Uh, we're in discussion with a few different distributors to, to hotels as well as uh, to retailers um, and even to the gift market we're looking at. So yeah, the, the next year is, is just going to distribution mostly it's, it's going to be getting this distributed widely enough to to actually start making this a real business rather than just a product and then once you got that going at least or starting to to, to grow uh, we're going to look at different products as well but main focus at least for the next few months is just uh, distribution and sales awesome well john I appreciate it so much for taking the time uh, to chat with us. Uh, the project is Woody Hub, Rethink How You See Power Strips. Um, you guys have currently funded. you got 19 more days to go, which is a lot of time. You guys are definitely going to see a spike at the end. Um, but I appreciate you taking some time and talking with us. This is, this is an awesome project, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have been successful. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been my pleasure. I mean, I, I know the pain and the hassle we've been through making so many of the mistakes. Uh, so if, if, if there's just one peop one person listening to this and now going like, oh shit, like I shouldn't do that. I should do that. And I shouldn't do that. Then for me, that's already great. If I can help just one person with that, it's, it's been worth an hour spending my life. Cool. Well, that's, we appreciate it. And, uh, awesome. All right, guys, well, let's Thanks. all talk. Uh, we'll talk later. Wow. How about that uh, tool Skype? That was a hard one. I, if anybody is at the end of this podcast and you're hearing this, I apologize for the Skype dropping in and out. I tried to edit it, this podcast in a way that I thought was still humorous because um, I did think that there was a lot of good content all the way up until the end. It just was so hard and so frustrating to get that interview. And I've never had Skype act that way in, to that degree. I mean, I think we had four major issues and it was just three guys chatting. You know, I've got a strong Wi-Fi. Sean's got a strong Wi-Fi. It's just, ugh, bandwidth, man. Amazing, amazing. So, whew, hopefully you guys went to the Kickstarter page, checked out the Woody Hub. Um, we've got another podcast coming up early next week, um, which I think you're going to also enjoy. We, we, we um, deep dove and talked about a card game called Warage who has got a ton of interactions going on right now online with it. And um, we got to talk to one of their creators as well. And that's going to be coming up next week. But till then, rock and roll. Don't ask me why.